You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, How I Met Your Mother, written by Jen Tam. All right, everyone, you ready to start SpecScript? All right, all right. Okay, so as you know, our beloved audience, our beloved listeners, SpecScript is a show where a person who has never seen a show writes an episode of that show. What? What an idea. I know. It's a great idea. Good job, Kyle. And today's episode, what is it, Kyle? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God. Who has never seen How I Met Your Mother? Show hands and claps because it's a podcast. Yeah. Uh, And our writer today is the amazing one and only Jen Tan. Give it up. All right, everyone. Let's bring our amazing cast onto the stage. Uh, I'm Chris Hottamy. I'm one of your hosts, and I'll be doing a thing. And Kyle's also one of your hosts. And I'll also be doing a thing. Yeah, Kyle McCormick. Give it up for Kyle McCormick. All right, all right, all right. All right. Okay, so what we're going to do, because this is a podcast, uh, the amazing listeners of that show can't necessarily see with their ears what the people look like. All right, so what we're going to do so our amazing audience can hear it, is all of our performers are going to say their name, the character they're playing, and just for fun, their favorite fictional mom. And just do it quick. So if you can't think of a good fictional mom, just make one up and say, your mom, I don't know, uh, for a sick burn, I don't know. Uh, You know, a real mom is my mom, who's amazing. Give it up for her. So I'll start to get this ball rolling. I'm Chris Hottamy, and I am uh, playing the role of narrator, who is different than the character, the person reading all the lines. But I'm Chris Hottamy, reading the character narrator. My favorite fictional mom is Mom from Futurama, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm Kyle. I'm playing Baby Two, and also Carl. And my favorite fictional mom is the mom from Serial Mom. Woo! Chia Fasano, I'll be playing Lily Aldrin, uh, and my favorite fictional mom is Audrey Two from Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I'm Kyle McCormick, you guys know me. I'm going to be playing the role of Marshall Erickson, and my favorite fictional mom, uh, I'm going to say Molly Weasley. Oh. Yeah, that's a heartfelt answer. Uh, hey, I'm Robbie Pankow, I'm going to be playing the role of Barney. And hey, some fans. Uh, and my favorite mom is Cher in the movie Mask. Hi, my name is Louis Sequera, and uh, I'm gonna be playing Ted. And uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite mom is uh, Chris's mom. Everybody, a hand round of applause for Chris's mom, whom I'm not convinced is, exists. Hello, I'm Angela M. Weber. I will be playing two roles tonight, Robin and your mother. Uh, And my favorite mom is the mom from Dinosaurs. Fran, it's Fran. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yep. Not the mama. (laughs) I'm the librarian, and I'm playing the sibling of baby two, baby one. And Ronjit? Yeah. I haven't seen the show. I don't even know their names. 
<laughs> and my favorite mom, I like the mother of Pete and Pete. She has a metal plate in her head. <laughs> my name is Mark. I will be reading the uh, stage directions. And my favorite fictional mom is Ellen Griswold from the National Lampoon Vacation movies. <laughs> All right, so let's get starting on Spec Script. How I Met Your Mother. Written by Jen Tam. <laughs> Exterior. A nice day at the park in the not-too-distant future. Ted, a middle-aged dude, sits down at a park table with his two young children, baby one and baby two. And that's how I met Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, am I glad you kids like old United States history. But, Daddy, I wanted to know how you met Mommy. Yes, please, Daddy. Do tell us how you met Mommy, dearest. Oh, uh, I'll tell you how I met your mom. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I used to meet your mom every day, if you know what I mean. Mmm, meet. Mmm. <laughs> Ted's mind starts to drift off into space, an unfortunate after-effect of years of hard alcoholism. <laughs> Baby One gently nudges him with a tender jab to the liver, and Ted comes back down to Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, where was I? Oh, Daddy, you were going to tell us how you met our beloved mummy. Ah, uh, yes. You know I loved your mom a lot. It all started back in the early aughts in the big city. New York City, the Big Apple. You kids like apples, right? Ted's mind begins to drift into space again, but this time we get to see where his mind wanders off to. Interior, Brooklyn Bodega in the early millennium. It is nighttime, sometime around midnight. Ted is with his best friend Marshall and best frenemy Barney. The night got started early, so they are all pretty toasted and weird already. They are in the bodega, just drunkenly and hungrily looking at some bruised, shitty apples. I don't know, guys. Fiber's great and all for keeping regular, but I feel like we'd have better luck with some grub down at McPub's. Okay, so heads up, kiddos. This was the early millennia, so I was doing the whole Atkins diet thing, and I was completely obsessed with eating only meat and fiber. Woo-hoo! Uh, woo uh <laughs> oh well, would you look at them apples? <laughs> Ted looks up from the pile of shitty apples to see a gorgeous young Canadian woman named Robin walk into the bodega. Robin first smiles at Ted, but an inebriated Barney locks eyes with Robin immediately. Wah, wah, wee, wah. <laughs> wow, can you just keep it in your pants for a sec? Oh, that's funny, because your mom is always asking me to keep it in her pants all night long. Shut up, you two. This is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Your mom is the most beautiful woman in Cleveland. I, I know, I know. Cleveland Citywide May Day Pageant Queen 1989, 1990, and 1992. She never got over 1991. All three men drunkenly watch as the delectable Robin asks the bodega cashier for a pack of cigarettes. Menthols, camels, silver, lights, trashy and sophisticated, just the way Daddy likes it. <laughs> Exterior. Back at the nice day at the park in the not-too-distant future. But, Daddy, you could smoke menthol cigarettes back then? Those are highly illegal. 
Yes, Daddy. Wouldn't worldwide Emperor Trump send us to re-education camps to cut our lungs out so we may never inhale another sweet breath of our Lord's precious and taxable air supply? Oh, you see, kids, things were different in the odds. You could smoke and swear and it was fine because we had a thing called health insurance. You could drink at bars till 4 a.m. We used to call them spots 4 a.m.s. And then, if you were lucky, you knew about the slimy bodega that would sell 40s till breakfast time. Once the sun came up, you could roll on down to McPubs and order a dozen Bloody Marys for brunch. The yachts were a great time for forgetting. But Daddy, I thought after 9-11, people weren't allowed to forget, ever, again. Well, the Bush years were not a great time to remember, baby. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, so we were all checking out Robin's apples. Ted's gaze shoots back off into space, and the story continues. Interior, back in the Brooklyn bodega in the early millennium. The men are awkwardly, drunkenly, and shamelessly gaping at Robin. Well, are you guys just going to stare at my tits, or do you guys just not give a shit about manners, eh? (laughs) A few moments pass. The guys are completely taken aback by Robin's boldness and candor. All right, you fucking weirdos. Robin drops her change at the counter, grabs her smokes, and gets the hell out of the slimy bodega. Ah, I can't believe you freaking dorks. Guys, that really sucked. You know, ever since I met Lily, she's been having me read all this postmodernist feminist literature about the amount of emotional labor that men put onto femmes. And I think that we, as men, as agents of potential positive change in the world, have a responsibility to dismantle the patriarchal gaze that we impart on the unsuspecting women in our lives. Marshall really was a freaking dork. (laughs) 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 I'd like to dismantle your mom, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Marshall, what the heck are you talking about? I think we should follow her and apologize to her. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like stalking? No, no way. Apologizing to her is totally feminist. At least that's what Lily tells me. She always makes me apologize. Marshall stares wistfully into the pile of shitty apples. We now enter his own flashback. Interior, the bedroom of Marshall and Lily. They are making sweet, passionate, fully clothed, PG-rated love. (laughs) Until we hear a loud rip. Marshall has ripped Lily's blouse. Apple! Uh, I mean, pineapple! Just in case you didn't catch it, pineapple is Marshall and Lily's hotly contested safe word. What? Why did you just rip my favorite sex blouse? (laughs) I'm sick of always having this weird, fully clothed, PG-rated sex. I mean, it's not like there are people watching us on national television. (laughs) Come on, Lily. Don't you want to be free? Let's just be completely naked and vulnerable for once in our freaking adult lives. Marshmallow, you know I'm totally uncomfortable with that, and that's why we set boundaries beforehand, and that's why we have a safe word, like apple. You mean pineapple. Apple sounds like asshole when you hold your tongue like this. Marshall proceeds to hold his tongue, pinched in between his fingers, and attempts to say, I was born on a pirate ship, apple. I was born on a pirate ship, apple. It's bad. Your mom made a real pile of shit. You asshole. (laughs) What? I'm just saying. Marshall tries to rekindle the passion with a hand, with a hand to Lily's buxom chest and a move to make out with lots of tongue. No. Marshall, I'm done. 
Lily ties her blouse together and leaves the bed already fully dressed. That's it? (laughs) You don't get it, do you? I just feel so unheard. I mean, how many times do we need to read aloud the vagina monologues together? How many times do I have to tell you the personal is political? And personally, I prefer Apple as our safe word and for all of our clothes to stay on no matter what. This completely PG-rated sex scene is what I want as a human being. I'm not just some one-dimensional character in a television show trying to make a point about how the media uses sex as a vehicle for comedy without addressing common relational issues like consent and safe sex. And even if that was the case, then the scene is 100% about consent, especially after that corny-ass pirate ship joke. Oh, no, but, but baby... Don't you baby me, Marshmallow. Do you know how infantilizing it is to call grown-ass women babies? And honestly, the only person that it should be calling anyone baby is your mom. Because, <laughs> like, again, how many kids does she have? Like, uh, 7.3 billion? Ugh, I thought after all this time, after signing you every single goddamn Judith Butler book to read, you would get it. You would be a feminist ally. But no, some things just never change. Lily begins to weep, silently yet dramatically. (laughs) (laughs) Lily, I I didn't mean all of that. I I, want to be a good ally, I do. Marshall panics. I I, I love you, Lily. Is that it? You just say, I love you, Lily Pad, and you think that it makes it all better? (laughs) Don't you understand the amount of feminized emotional labor that I have to take on in this relationship in order to make it work? (laughs) There is a severe imbalance in our gender dynamic. Do you know how many high art, avant-garde, rich, RISD, tish, school of the arts, hot lesbian lovers I could be munching down on right now in order to temper your insatiable male ego-driven lust for a monogamous heteronormative relationship? Turn them all down just to be with you? You know, the least you could do as a man is to say, I'm sorry and actually mean it. Lily, I sincerely apologize that you feel like we have a severe imbalance or whatever. No! (laughs) You have to say it. You can't apologize for the way I feel. You need to apologize for the way you feel and say, I'm sorry because you're sorry. Like, don't be a a robot. Just say the actual word, sorry, if you want to be a good feminist ally. It needs to come from somewhere real. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's Marshall and Lily's relationship in a nutshell. Ah, traditional heterosexual monogamy in the 21st century. What an adventure! Interior, back in the Brooklyn bodega in the early millennium. Ted waves over the face of a glazed-over Marshall. Eartha Marshall, you there, buddy? Huh? Marshall snaps out of his trance and runs into the street. Come on, guys. We gotta go find her and say sorry to her. What? No, are you out of your mind? Marshall is a bit out of his mind, but we don't always see the detrimental effects of alcohol abuse so early in one's 20s. (laughs) And there he goes, running out into the middle of the street in the middle of the night in search of Robin, the innocent woman who they casually offended. Of course, we had to follow. Exterior, McPubs, the boy's favorite dive. What a crazy coincidence. This also happens to be where the boys followed Robin to after the slimy bodega. Can't believe she's a McPubs kind of girl. It's about 1am now. A short line slinks around the corner and into the bar. Gosh, I can't believe how packed it is at McPubs. 
Gosh, I can't believe how packed it is in your mom's house. Wow, dude, can you just lay off my mom for a sec? Seriously, though, isn't the occupancy of this place limited to, like, 100 people? Yeah, like, you know, 100 people or just your dang mom. Okay, Buster, let's have at it. <laughs> I'll have at your mom. <laughs> and with that, Ted takes an amateurish swing at Barney. Barney ducks and easily pushes an unbalanced Ted over. A small scuffle between the two men breaks out on the sidewalk immediately outside of McPubs. Their contentious friendship suddenly at risk over a few late night your mom jokes. Guys, guys! The fight has dissolved into slap-based combat. <laughs> Why you little? Barney slaps Ted square in the face. Actually, your mom says I'm pretty huge, thank you. Guys! Marshall finally breaks up the kerfuffle <laughs> by inserting his brave body between the two sweaty and angry men. Violence is not the answer! And honestly, your mom jokes are an immature form of comedic expression and an example of really bad allyship to women, you guys! You need to apologize to each other. Right now! Ted and Barney look at each other incredulously. Just do it. Say sorry to each other right now or else! Ted and Barney are so weirded out by Marshall's sudden change in tone and personality that they agree to it. Um, I'm sorry? Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so bent off there. You know, who would... You know who would love to get bent off? Who? <laughs> Give you one guess. <laughs> and with that, the slap-based <laughs> combat begins again and a newly enraged Marshall reinserts himself between the two men. He shocks them by grabbing both of them by their collars and lifting them off the ground, superseding the general expectations of strength for a man of his stature. I said stop! Marshall shakes the two guys back and forth like cartoonish maracas. They rattle a bit. Seriously, what is wrong with you guys? Are you children? We need to say sorry and mean it. Marshall drops the two shocked dudes to the ground and enters McPubs in search of Robin. Ted and Barney get up slowly and follow him in. Interior, McPubs. It's packed, just like your mom's house. <laughs> Where's Robin? Oh, there she is, right at the bar, ordering a whiskey sour, just the way daddy likes it. Marshall spies her and starts walking her way. Target acquired. Now commencing mission, I'm sorry. Exterior, back at the nice day at the park in the not-too-distant future. Wait, but Daddy, why is Marshall a weird robot monster all of a sudden? And Daddy, why do you keep saying the way Daddy likes it? It's a little bit odd, Daddy. I don't like it, Daddy. Not one bit. <laughs> well, Daddy likes a lot of things, baby. And before worldwide Emperor Trump ruled all of planet Earth, there used to be these people in the world called feminists. And even weirder were these other people called feminist allies. Even though they were real people, they were pretty much just internet censorship robots. If you said the wrong thing about the wrong people at the wrong time, you would be completely banned from Facebook. Banned? From the official international identity database, also known as Facebook? So you mean you can access your birth certificate, your social security number, your bank account, your credit card accounts, your dating profile, your phone book, 
your tax info or your own mother if you said the wrong thing. More or less, yeah. Although Facebook was a little different back then. There actually was this thing before Facebook called MySpace. And before that, Friendster. <laughs> oh, and did Friendster and MySpace also control all aspects of your identity through unauthorized breaches of data and sale of your personal info? Uh, kinda. It was a little less invasive back then. But the world was also a little less safe back then, too. Remember 9-11? The world was never the same. You gotta remember, kids, we allowed the government to invade our privacy for safety. Ted picks up his iPhone 34 double D and repeats into it. For safety, worldwide Emperor Trump. Safety. Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, back to your mom. So we were at McPubs. Interior, McPubs, it's still packed. We're back where we left off with Robo Marshall headed straight toward Robin. I'm still not sure if this is a good idea, guys. It's getting real crowded in here. Hey, Barney, you want to roll out of here or... Hey, Barney! Barney? Where'd you go? Barney has already somehow finessed his way into the front of the bar next to Robin. Carl is bartending tonight. Hey, Carl! My man, my man. How's it going, Barney? My man. Ooh, not bad. Just a regular night. What's going on tonight? Why is McPub slammed? Oh, that's funny because the other night your mom was absolutely slammed, like filled to the brim. Barney, Barney and Carl share a hearty laugh. <laughs> but anyways, you don't know. Tonight's two for one apple teenies. Hot dog! Two for one, buy one, get one? What a steal. <laughs> I mean, I make a ridiculous amount of money for an extremely small time commitment to a vague sense of work, but I don't mind saving some cash just in case our housing market collapses and a deep economic recession sets our society back several decades. Bazinga! <laughs> so I'm guessing you want two of these? It's 2006, baby. I'll take four. <laughs> you got it, my man. As Carl hands off the four apple teenies, he slides two over right to Robin. Hey, seems like you might need a little fiber in your diet. I don't think apple teenies actually contain any actual apple, but I'll still take the drinks. Robin quickly guzzles down both apple teenies while Barney casually sips on one. Ah, these are kind of sour. Robin and Barney immediately hit it off somehow and can't stop flirting. Meanwhile, Marshall and Ted are stuck at the back of the line. Well, this line doesn't seem to be getting any shorter. I wonder if he's said I'm sorry to her yet. <laughs> Marshall and Ted glance over at Robin and Barney, and they are making out with lots of tongue. <laughs> hmm. Well, it seems pretty sorry to me. <laughs> hey, listen, Marshall. I know it's early, but I gotta get out of here if I wanna polish off a couple of 40s before bed. <laughs> All right, see you later, bro. What a weird night. I just wanted to drink and make out with anyone but those two bozos. Watching Robin make out with sleazeball like Barney just made me so sad and mad at the same time. Like, I'm a nice guy, you know? <laughs> Why don't I get nice things? I couldn't even get to the front of the line to get some BOGO apple teenies. Exterior, McPubs, the boy's favorite dive. So here I was waiting to catch a cab to the slimy bodega. Taxi! 
Taxi! A taxi pulls up for Ted, but as Ted approaches the door, the mother and a very drunk man storms out of the vehicle and directly into m- pubs. And that was the first time I ever saw your mother. <laughs> Woo! Two for one apple teenies party! <laughs> Ted watches as the mother and drunk guy giddily stumble into McPubs. What a fun mess. Just the way daddy likes it. <laughs> Ted enters the taxi and meets Ranjit. Interior, taxi driven by Ranjit. A cool, calm, collected baby of a taxi cab driver. Where to, mister? Uh, just a slimy bodega number three, near the Myrtle Wyckoff station. No problemo. So how's your evening going? It's going. I don't know. I thought tonight was supposed to be the night that I met the love of my life. But instead, I remembered a real weird sad point in my life, and I'm not really sure where this story's going anymore. Maybe it's because I got so blackout drunk after this cab ride. But maybe the writer is just trying to fulfill the rest of the show tropes before the end of the script. I don't know. Maybe I should just quit this story and tell the kids about that time I banged that hot Uber driver during the great Uber ban of 2017. She was really hot, you know? I really liked the way she kept entering JFK over and over again and ignoring all those protesters. Hmm. Well, that sounds complicated. It's interesting how much information you're willing to divulge to me, a perfect stranger. And it's even more interesting to me that in your memories, I exist as a strange surrogate for your personal self-reflection. Honestly, I'm just a cab driver, but I have to ask, why do you worry so much about the shoulds? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I have a lot of expectations as a single parent. You know, ever since your mother died, it's been so hard. I never planned for it to be this way. I was never well-equipped to be a single parent. I mean, look at me. I'm taking a cab right now from a bar to go to the slimy bodega to get some more 40s and to drink alone and jerk off till I die. Okay, Ted, sure. That was you in this particular moment in time, but you know who else was you? Ranjit takes a left and drives us into the kinder memories of Ted's brain. Exterior, Ted and the mother's wedding day. A nice day at the park. Ted is reading his vows, crying. And I promise to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. See, that's also you. Ranjit takes a right and drives us into another memory. Interior, hospital bed. Ted is looking tenderly at the mother and is meeting baby number one for the very first time. Wow, I can't believe we made a baby. Baby! (laughs) And that was also you. Ranjit pushes on the accelerator and drives past all the good memories into one of Ted's last living memories of the mother. Interior, the Musby household. Baby one and baby two are running around, giggling, playing hide and seek with each other. Ted and the mother and the mother have a moment alone to play their own favorite game. You know, that's just a buzzword. Well, funny you say that because your mom is a buzzword. The mother and Ted share a hearty laugh and kiss for the last time before Ranjit suddenly stops the taxi. Exterior, Brooklyn Bodega in the early millennium. It is the nighttime, sometime around 4 a.m. Well, here we are. Last stop, buddy. What do I owe you? 
what do you owe yourself? <laughs> Ted steps out of the vehicle, a little bewildered. Did all of that just happen? Ted enters the slidey bodega. The same woman from McPubs is there, staring at a pile of bruised, shitty pineapples. It's the mother. Interior, Brooklyn Bodega. Ted walks up to the mother. She smiles. It is a friendly smile, or is she afraid? This is his chance. He has to say something. Hey. Hey. Long moments pass in the dead of night. You don't seem like much of a talker. I, uh, I guess I'm more of a drinker. Ted goes towards the fridge of 40s. Just the way Daddy likes it. <laughs> Funny, that's usually my line. Oh? Well, maybe I've been playing you the entire time. Well, I'd like to play your mom. That's, that's not a bad deal. In that case, I'd like to play your dad. That's a weird idea for a script. Well, I never said it would be a good screenplay. A few more long moments pass in the dead of night. Ted grabs a couple of 40s. He goes to the cashier and pays for his beverages of choice. Well, good night. Ta-ta. Ted walks off into the night, back to his apartment to drink alone and jerk off. <laughs> Exterior, a nice day at the park in the not-too-distant future. And that's how I met your mother. Boy, am I glad you kids like watching your old man completely unravel. But, Daddy, how did you and Mommy Dearest get together? Yes, Daddy, that doesn't even answer how you made babies with Mommy Dearest. And honestly, Daddy, you seem like such a loser. Yes, a big stinky loser, Daddy. Hey! Hey! I'm trying my best here. <laughs> we know, Daddy. Daddy, can we get some ice cream? Oh, yes, please, Daddy, some ice cream. You know, kids, I used to make some good ice cream. Let's head home, and I'll cook up a batch. By the way, you know who really loved my homemade ice cream? Your mother. Ted and Baby One and Baby Two head out back home in the near dystopian future to make some homemade ice cream. The end. And that has been Spec Script! How are you? How are your mother? mother? Jen, Tam. Give it up for Jen! And let's give it up for your cast. Mark, Rhea the Hyperion, Angela M. Weber, Louis Aquera, Robbie Pankow, Lucia Fasano, Kyle George. Give it up for your host, Kyle McCormick, and your other on the River City Podcast Federation. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, you, iTunes all that uh, formats and all that jazz. Uh, uh, party with us after the show, which is right now! Yeah, baby! Thank you so much. Are we doing a Q&A? No, we're not going to do a Q&A. Right. 
Thank you for listening to Spec Script. Catch us next time in Portland on July 9th for The Flash, written by Kyle McCormick. Zoom, 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 baby. Hey. You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um. Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And we want you to listen to our new podcast called Chumba and Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest named podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's me and Rios, two Portland comedians, two very close friends, uh, giving each other shit mostly, talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like. And it's a good time. We hope you check it out. Now, please get back. We'll be on the River City Podcast Federation.com network. Get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to. Hopefully it's not Room of Retirement because Caitlin Weyerhaeuser is a poop butt. Thank you.